How are you doing, Jake? Not too bad, Dai. How's things? Yeah. Yeah, great, mate. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm a little bit a little bit annoyed with you, is probably no, I'm not annoyed, disappointed to be honest. <laughs> because you're in charge of releasing these pods because our producer's on furlough. I, I take it he's on furlough because I haven't seen or heard of him for a while, have you? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, someone must be paying his wages because we're not. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, back, back to you. I've had people messaging me complaining yet again because the podcast <laughs> hasn't been out at the start of the week. And me, Keen Bean, messaged you Monday night, <laughs> Tuesday night. And finally, now this is Wednesday night, we're actually recording this. And you still look half dead. What's happened, mate? Where's the old die gone who could actually cope with a hangover? Look, full disclosure. Saturday. Oh, you're coming out? Yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry, wrong part. <laughs> no, mate. Went away on Saturday. And once again, I took it too far. I have literally had a three-day hangover. I spent Monday morning Googling alcohol poisoning because I was in a hell of a shape. So every night after a long, hard day, the thought of editing a fucking podcast was the last. Well, sounds like you'd had more than a few beers and your newfound, inverted commas, fame was getting into your head, Di. There's a video (laughs) going around on social media of you. Well, I think I'm going to play it. Are you just filming me, Andrew? Hi, I'm Di Reese from the Publius Podcast. And can't be his own bloke. It's to be podcast. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> May so, I, all of a sudden, nah, mate. Nah, nah. I don't know where you found that. That's not me, mate. That's not me. Mate, I, I think you need bringing back down a, you know, a peg or two. I think we need to remember the important thing here. You're still a virgin, even with this babe. Well, trust me. After what happened on Saturday, I will not be getting invited back. Basically, all of us took it a bit too far. And we were out, we were out in a marquee. And um, because what you do in a marquee, because the toilets are all the way in the pub, you just piss in the corner of the marquee, don't you? Well, no, I don't, mate. Well, and I imagine most of the listeners don't. Well, unfortunately, when we got back to um, uh, my friend's house, I thought that was still play on. And I just started pissing in the corner of his bedroom. <laughs> oh, you are... You are a tramp, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) You had a good night, and that's the main thing. Yeah, long story short, took it too far. Three-day hangover. So, yeah, I finally got around to editing it. And thankfully, even though it's late, people are going to love it because of who we got on, Jake. Yeah, I I think they're really going to enjoy this podcast with this guest. She's definitely worth the wait. I'll let her explain, but basically, just a quick summary. She's Charlie Beatty, also known on Instagram as a globetrotting farm girl. Mixed farmer from Warwickshire. Um, big into education in terms of teaching the public what farms do. But also, she's got a Farmers Weekly article now, haven't she, Jake? She has, fair play to her. It's nice to see the Farmers Weekly are finally up in their game and getting some decent writers in the uh, Young Farmers Farm Life section. Yeah, well... You joke, but of course, Charlie started and you're finishing, and you, Jake, you, you, you finishing? Yeah, I've been, uh, finishing? I've been oh. shown the door. Do you know what, mate? I feel like Sam Allardyce getting shown the door. You know, I give some loyal service. <laughs> and I get that's shown the a, door. That's such an old reference, but yeah, I love it. The, um, to take that reference back, I suppose you are right. I should be called Jose Mourinho because I am the special one. Ah. <sighs> 
people have waited five days for this sort of drivel, right? But joking, um, ev- everything comes to an end, doesn't it? And I thoroughly enjoyed my two and a half years with the Farmers Weekly. The opportunity to write a monthly column has been brilliant. And more importantly, it's allowed you boys to take the piss out of me constantly for my uh, blue Ralph Lauren polo has been second to none. <laughs> uh, no, fair play to you, Jake. You, uh, I found them. Well, they were awful, mate. Mate, you don't have to be nice to me. I was going to say, I never really made it past the third sentence, but those first three sentences were always banging, fair play. Mate, sometimes, <laughs> like, this is just an example. Like, it has to be in on a Tuesday. Like, I, I was literally half past 11 on a Tuesday night, you know, half hour before the deadline type now. And I was scratching my head. What can I talk about this week? What can I talk about this week? I know. People need to support British farming. That hasn't been done before. <laughs> <laughs> Type it up. Gold. What, what does nobody talk about these days? Brexit, right? Let's have it. <laughs> but you can guarantee, you can't think of anything to say. Go on and say, social media is a great tool for promoting farming or just talk about Brexit. But if you talk about Brexit, you've got to expect to be called a cock or get bent as one of your favourite oh, sayings. That, that was so funny. You know? if, if anyone hasn't listened to that episode, Jacob put an article up about Brexit and the first comment was just a bloke who wrote, oh, get bent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how am I going to miss those lovely, lovely, supportive readers? <laughs> oh, God, that was funny. Well, I'm sure it was a great experience to do it there. Uh, it, was, it was a really enjoyable experience, mate. And, you know, I got a lot of time for Farmers Weekly. They, they were good with me and worked with some great people. But um, I know a couple of them have moved on now as well. So uh, all changing now. Yeah, well, we, we did the Farmers Weekly podcast not long ago. And um, fair play, we spoke to Johan and uh, he seems like a great bloke. And uh, I think it's the right people uh, pushing the magazine in the right direction. Well, they're definitely pushing in the right direction if they've given you the, the old elbow. But um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think they've um, Bungalow's going to be writing in the next month. Oh, Bungalow's writing, is he? Uh, what it is, see, boys, what I thought I'd write about this week is um, when you shut the cows in the shed, uh, you then lean a uh, tractor tyre against the door just in case the cows open the latch in the night and then the tyre will keep the door shut. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. Or the other one is... Uh, classic. Uh, classic. Oh, classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to... Uh, you'll have to put the bleep in there, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, the, the other thing, this is just a classic story of him. I find hilarious. Sorry to bring it back on the bungalow, guys, but we will get him on one day just for shits and giggles. Any of you guys ever, you know, pop extra one of your tractors and actually left the baler box inside there? <laughs> and then when it came to the summer, realised that you can't actually use your baler, your two-year-old baler that's on the yard because you can't find the uh, the control panel for the baler. And then you actually realised when you part the extra back in January, you didn't take it out of the tractor. So then, even worse, there's a two-year-old baler sat in the yard and you've got to pay someone in to come to all your bailing. (laughs) We're not getting Bungalow on for the one reason, right? For the listeners at home. Bungalow hasn't listened to any of these podcasts and he doesn't listen to any of these podcasts. Well, he listened to the first one. He sat in his kitchen and just played it off his phone. He's not a very intelligent man. He can't get his Bluetooth to connect to the tractor, so... He either has to stand with his phone next to his ear and listen to a podcast, but um, he didn't listen. He doesn't listen to any of the podcasts. And when we tell him to listen to one, he goes, "Well, oh, right, oh, what channel is it on? What? What, what channel is it on? Like, what time is it on? It's not on S four C." Yeah, he's. Uh... Oh, there's also something else I think you're prick for as well, Dad. Oh shit! Go on. What's you wrong? got me 
in deep trouble with the missus the other day. <laughs> I had serious explaining to do. That doesn't sound like me. Well, a friend of hers happened to let out of the bag that she matched one of the presenters off the Pub Beals podcast. On Tinder? On Tinder. <laughs> right. And this lady forgot to mention which one it was. So... <laughs> oh, she didn't take it well. Ah, she's taking stuff better. Have you, have you still not told her you're on Tinder? <laughs> yeah, I'm not on Tinder. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, but no. Should we get started, Jake? I think so. Sit back, relax. Better late than never. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Charlie B. Welcome to the Pub Yields Podcast with me, David Rees. Me, Jacob Anthony. And our guest tonight, Miss Charlie Beatty. How are you doing, Charlie? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Ah, not too bad. Is it Char- Do we call you Charlie? What, 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 what do we call you? Yeah, Charlie. I've been calling you Beatty. Uh, oh, yeah, Beatty's fine. Yeah, Beatty or Charlie. I'm only Charlotte if I'm in trouble, so oh, it's only really my mother that uses that. Oh, so birth name's Charlotte then? Yeah, Charlotte Elizabeth, very regal. Oh, good God. You sound, you sound quite shocked that Charlotte is shortened to Charlie there, mate. <laughs> well, I'll be honest, I booked a Charlie Beatty and a Charlie Beatty joined our conversation. When I opened it, it was a woman. I was very shocked. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first. You won't be the last either. Oh, uh, like if I start an email or something off, I have to like put in there something that specifies my gender because otherwise you just assume I'm a male. So, but sometimes that can be fun not to specify, so... 
he's similar to me over the phone. I have to try and drop into the conversation and then I'm, then I'm a man. <laughs> Otherwise, people just assume I'm a woman. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I can feel your pain. <laughs> it doesn't really bother you, though, does it, Di, if you're a woman or a man? Hence the word by die really, isn't it? You know, hence that. <laughs> you know, take what I can get. <laughs> Di's no fussy. Male, female. <laughs> Let them have it, innit? Always a girl. <laughs> oh, I gotta say, oh Charlie, he's put a, he's done his hair ready for you, and he's wearing a nice bloody uh, the special jumper, haven't you, Di? Well, it's actually the work jumper I've been wearing all day, and I haven't done my hair because I haven't had a shower yet. So, uh, sorry, Charlie, but I haven't. Already on the defensive, hey. <laughs> First stage is denial. First stage. <laughs> Right. You know, right, yeah. Charlie? Every time we get a woman on you, <laughs> and it just happened now, you hadn't even been talking five minutes, and the group chat, Jacob, uh, t- messaged our producer, dies flirting already. Got <laughs> <laughs> a glimpse of your legs, dies. So she's seen a bit of your flesh already. Yeah, I've seen a knee. Yeah, well, I mean, I, well, I've just been listening to the Ellen Wait. Halliwell podcast, and I'm just waiting for you to get, you to get your cock out. So. <laughs> Oh, it does happen. It does happen. <laughs> um, what are you drinking then, Charlie? Uh, I'm on Bud at the moment, so... Oh, that's, that's been the real drink of choice there, I would guess, certainly, Jay. It, well, it was all we had. It was either that or gin and tonic. I literally just had to run up to the shed and go and grab two Buds out, so... Think about Bud, I don't know what you both think, but it always seems to be, come Christmas time, you know, people that come back and forth to the farm, say, do a bit of shooting on the ground or whatever... At Christmas time, they always seem to bring us a box of bud to say Happy Christmas. And like, we don't really drink a lot of bud. So, but every person's house you go to, they always seem to have a crate of bud there in the porch that only gets brought out for if there's no other alcohol in the house. Oh, see, I'm the opposite way around. I wish people would bring me bud. They always just bring carling or some shit like that. I find bud is false economy because you're paying for the glass and there's only, you know, what, like 200 mil a bottle. You need to be thinking of the pennies, BD. Oh, <laughs> maybe I will now then. That's why, BD, I buy. Um, uh, oh wow! That's why I buy four point seven percent cider, three liters for two pound fifty. And next, I'll be on Lambrini. <laughs> so patriotic! I've got a brains with me every episode. You know, so patriotic, Wales through and through. Yes, yeah. can we come on Independence? Play we get Brexit. it. You voted Brexit. All right, we get it. <laughs> I'm going for, you know, UK to leave the EU. Then I'm going for Wales to leave the UK. Next thing I know, I'm going to go for the People's Royal Independent Republic of Bridgend. That's my, that's my, you know, that's my final goal. ED, you won't believe it, right? He's had a gog for a missus for about a year now. And he is just, he started having Welsh lessons. He's pushing for Welsh independence. Oh, God alive. Do you know those Welsh nationalists that in the caravan on Gavin and Stacey? He's one of them now. You make me happy. I'm single, Jacob. <laughs> uh, well, I just do as I'm told, you know. I'm that kind of <laughs> life man, isn't it? Do you know why we were late uh, introducing you to Charlie? Because we had to wait for Jacob to uh, finish saying that he loved uh, that he loved his missus over the phone before I could start the call. I was wondering why I was waiting. I was like, this is charming, you know. Tell me to be here at seven and oh, five past. All you would have heard is Jake on the phone going, no, you hang up first. No, you hang up. <laughs> No, you hang up. <laughs> yeah. But no, BD, why don't you uh, give our listeners a little summary of you? Uh, so my name's Charlie. I'm 25. I'm a mixed tenant farmer from Warwickshire. So we're beef, sheep and arable. Um, I'm a bit of a stickler for education. I really like to promote the like promote British agriculture 
and kind of the what, why and how we of what we do. Um, I'm an ambassador for Farmer Time, which was previously known as FaceTime a Farmer, which is a an initiative that links schools and farmers for like regular FaceTime or Zoom calls. And it's an easy way of getting kids onto the farm, um, an e a cheap and easy way, because obviously they're still actually in the classroom. But yeah, it's one that all school budgets can afford. Um, that's about it, really. Well, uh, just just to scroll, you're 25. Yeah. How old did you think I was? I don't know, 35. No, I'm joking. <laughs> hey, <you're laughs> and that's why you're single. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was... Uh, no, I... I spoke on the phone. I spoke on the phone to someone so sophisticated, and you know, I was like, "Oh, she must be about 30, 35, But no, never mind. I have to. It's because I have to answer the phone. Hello, Charlie speaking. Because it's also the number that's on our um, flyer for like beef and lamb boxes. So I never know who might be calling. Fair. I get a bit of a shock when it's a rough Welsh accent on the end. Yeah, but, I, was gonna say, I bet. I bet you had a shock when it's me going. All right, Charlie, but oh, what I was wondering, is <laughs> if you wouldn't mind that. Fucking hoax callers. Anyway, Charlie, beef, sheep, and arable. Yeah. Do you, do you remember um, my group of friends? You should have a chant in Harper going beef, sheep, arable. Say beef, sheep, arable. Oh no. No. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Tell us more, Di. It sounds riveting. Yeah, yeah it really caught on, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. To be fair, you probably graduated ten years before me. Um, the uh, <laughs> um, oh. so God, we know how to make friends, don't we, Jake? Anyway, <laughs> beef, sheep, and arable, Warwickshire farm, and you've been on home on the farm now since graduated. Uh, no, so I, when I graduated, I went out to Australia. Um, obviously, with doing this degree at Harper, you have to do a placement year. So I went and worked for Class UK for my placement year, and I was dealership based in Lincolnshire. Um, and I was sales and demonstrations assistant. Um, so I basically just took demo machines around, um, moved kit about, and then over the summer, um, over the winter when it was quiet, I probably spent a lot of time in the workshop. But we also did um, Lemkin kit as well. So I spent a lot of time demoing Lemkin kit, which was pretty cool. Um, and then they offered me a graduate job, but I, which originally I was like, yeah, great. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, because I want to travel. Like I've always wanted to travel. So I turned it down. I said, look, you know, I don't, I don't want to just go straight into a graduate job. And they said, right, well, um, how about like how would you fancy going out and working for Land Power in Australia and Land Power is the company that owns the class franchise in Australia and New Zealand. Um, the job role out there was a, uh, a combine demonstrator so I jumped at the opportunity and like two days after graduation I flew out to Australia. So I was meant to go out for six months and then go straight back to Clash UK and I kind of got out there and within like three weeks I was like yeah six weeks six months is never going to be long enough so I emailed them and I was like yeah thanks for the opportunity I, you know really appreciated it but I'm gonna have to turn the job down so I did six months working for Land Power I spent the majority of that in Western Australia but I did um yeah Western Australia Queensland Victoria New South Wales and then I did three weeks in New Zealand for them as well most of the time I was driving combines for them. So in the central wheat belt of Western Australia, I was driving a class Lexian 760 with a 40 foot header on the front. 
Um, so I spent end of September until Christmas out there just with the one dealership. And we kind of dealt with a radius of about oh, probably about 150 kilometres. So I demo all around there. I spent Christmas in New South Wales with some family friends. And then my boss rang me up and he was like, we need a demo driver in New Zealand to demo a fast track and a set of triple mowers. Like, would, I know it's last minute, but would you mind going over there? And I was like, oh, shucks, you've twisted my arm. <laughs> so I flew out to New Zealand for three weeks. So yeah, that was pretty ace. Like, just went from farm to farm. Well, it's mainly from contractor to contractor with, yeah, fast track and a set of triples. So like, I'm, I'm glad it was a fast track for the road work, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend a fast track for mowing because it leaves some pretty good stripes when you turn a corner. So Ellish experience then, Charlie, getting to, you know, travel all over Australia, but with your job at the same time. So Yeah, it was amazing. Like, I was so lucky because I was being paid good money for it. Um, they, were put, they put me up in hotels to begin with, but after a week of being in a hotel, the novelty quite quickly wears off. So I was in Airbnbs for the majority of the time, but yeah, it was, it was so good. Like, the dealership I worked with in Western Australia were, were great. Like, I made some really, really good friends there. I worked out there with um, one of the mechanics was Welsh and, you know, he was pretty all right for a Welshie. So put up with him. And yeah, it was a, it was a really small dealership. It had only, oh, it, I don't think it had even been there a year at that point. Um, but yes, yeah, so there was only one salesman. Um, he was called Murray and he was extremely religious. So it's like little five foot three guy. And he really reminded me of, um, oh, what's his, uh, Ned Flanders out of The Simpsons. Yeah, so yeah. he was like, yeah, just like him. So he'd organised the demos for me. He'd kind of got a list of farms that he wanted me to demo to. And he'd pretty much ring them up and say, um, yeah, the next couple of days, Charlie's going to bring out the Lexium for you. I'll pass your number on. Um, and yeah, Charlie will give you a ring. And every time he'd never specify that Charlie was a female. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so I'd rock up with... Like I, I didn't have an escort or anything out there, so you're going along the road with a 760 and a 40 foot header behind you, and no no requirements for an escort. So that was grand. And yeah, you pull into the field with a with me driving, and you'd see these old boys, their jaws would just hit the floor, and it was <laughs> yeah, it was like the best feeling ever. So after the first like five demos, word got around. So because even though you know it's a big place, but it's like a small town. So yeah, we didn't get to play that joke too long, but it was good while it lasted. I bet there was a few uh, Fosters sank at the end of the at the end of the demonstration. Was there? You've never been to Australia, have you? No, no, no. no. They don't actually drink Fosters, do they? It's just a big no. ad- advertising. Yeah. That's me told. I'm not, I've, I've never, yeah. I've never left the valleys to be honest with you, Charlie. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I only found that out not long ago. Do you know, like the Fosters adverts and all that? It's just a massive marketing ploy. There's, yeah, they don't, they don't drink it over there. Like. No, you can hardly get it so each state pretty much has their own beer that they live by and yeah western australia it's emu but you go to any other any other state and they call it cat's piss and i'd be tempted to agree with them it was pretty dire they refer to it as kimberly cool out there so the kimberleys is the region at the top of the of top of western australia and it's like always stinking hot and humid up there so warm beer down here they'd call kimberly cool because if it's not boiling it's kimberly cool um, but yeah, it, you, you just drink warm beer out there and it was, yeah, I soon got a fridge put on the back of the Ute. Yeah, that was pretty good, nice. but no, the hospitality was really good. It was a lot of drinking. Um, and I was naive and competitive then. I still am naive and competitive now, but less so. So, you know, I'd be there trying to match all these big Aussie blokes and it never ended well. 
Bloody hell, you and I don't want to go on a date then because he's the most competitive. Yeah, neither of us would be in a fit state to carry each other home. I could just see it now, you two and Miller and Carter, they wouldn't know what the hell had hit them. You'd be honest. <laughs> I'll have a quad bod, please. <laughs> um, so when I was in Western Australia, I gained um, gained a nickname out there. Um, they all used to call me Lexi because I was driving a Lexian. And then on one of my early demos, um, so where I was, it's all yeah, it's all it's all sand, but there's those like sticks and rocks around as well because it's all cleared scrubland, like bushland, and yeah, I was harvesting in this one field. I had Murray, the salesman, on with me, so not a customer. And there's this, like, sus-looking pile of sand. I didn't really think anything of it. And in hindsight, piles of sand don't usually just form on their own without something underneath to hold them up. I just kind of combined through it. And lo and behold, there was a huge tree root under there. Um, so I somehow didn't bend the header. Like, and it was right on the end as well. So I just broke a few knife sec- sections somehow. Um, but what I did do is completely warped the faceplate on the feeder house. And from that day on, I was known as Flexi Lexi. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good one. That was like right my early demos as well. Some nicknames are horrible. Um, our, our mate died. He's known as John the Mong. That's his nickname. Like. <laughs> I don't even understand how that came about. I'll tell you how it came about. And it's the same reason by I came about. Because we, um, when we had uh, tops made up once, we all give ourselves a nickname that rhymes. So I was by die. He was John the Mong. We had Greasy Reesey. And do you remember yours, Jake? Jacob wears makeup or something, something <laughs> awful like that. Nothing much like, rhymes with how Jacob. How does anyone come up with that? that was I think it rhymes with Jacob. So it was Jacob wears makeup. Then you ended up printing on my shirt, Jake the Snake. <laughs> <laughs> because when you see the sun, you too shed your skin. <laughs> <laughs> I am basically ginger. So. <laughs> what, what did you do then, Charlie? Did you come home from Australia straight onto the family farm? Um, so I spent, so that was the first six months. And then I went and worked on a stock property, a livestock property in New South Wales for four or five months. Because I, I wanted to get my second year visa off my own back. I did because Class had on, offered to sponsor me for it, like Land Power had Class Australia. Um, but I, I'd be t- really tied to them, and I kind of wanted to do my own thing a bit. So, um, yeah, so I went and worked in New South Wales for four months, got my second year visa, and then I went combining again, but for uh, one of our customers in Queensland. So he just bought three brand new Lexians. So I went out and tr- sat on one of those for him, uh, which was. Yeah, great, but flipping it, you can get bored of combining out there. Like, I love it, but, oh, Jesus, when there's... It's like half a ton of acre, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it was mad. So this was this was in the middle of the drought, so it was even less. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, some of the videos I've got of us doing barley, you're pretty much just combining sand. Went and drove for him, but we did... Their biggest field was 890 hectares. It took four days... For three combines to finish and we were like flat going like well, I was going to say 890 hectare field <laughs> a half a ton an acre you must be going some speed yeah so in some places the only you couldn't in this field because it's like um it's like ridge and furrow but it's obviously yeah. not ridge and furrow out there yeah, yeah. you're constantly like this and there's big because it's all cleared bushland as well so there's big sticks and big rocks so you, like it's so easy to pick one up 
So you're constantly jumping out, like blocking the drums on the header because you're trying to pull sticks out and everything. And it's it's a bloody nightmare. Like the the drums at the end of the end of the season are absolutely knackered and just full of dents because you're just constantly taking sticks up. Some of them, like some of the flatter, nicer, nicer paddocks, like where they didn't weren't full of sticks, you could go up into second gear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of them you the only, yeah, the only thing stopping you was because it was so up and down or because it was full of sticks. So, combine yeah. up there as well. You're, you're just constantly blowing the girl down on you because if uh, if you leave it too long, she'll catch fire. Yeah, I mean, we were still we were still doing it once a day, um, but like you have to blow it down properly. We had a big compressor between the three combines because um, the ones on the the ones on the combines are they're all right. Like they're better than yeah, they're all right. They'll do fit over here, but when you're doing three of them and you're doing them properly, you, they won't last. So. Um, so yeah, we just had the, like, we, we still had the compressor on the combine so that if you needed to, you could do, you could like give it a quick blow down in the middle of the day. But yeah, we had like a big industrial compressor trailer for the end of the night. So it'd be like two in the morning and you're blowing down a combine, which yeah, the novelty of that soon, soon wears off. Yeah. New South Wales, you're blowing a combine down to stop that. In real South Wales, I'm bloody wearing leggings when I'm combining, so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't even know combines could run in South Wales. Oh, they they, they don't run very good. There's not um yeah, there's there's not that much corn growing around here, is it? <laughs> no, I, I, I was I was gonna say that so my little 200 litre uh, compressor with all the uh, corner elbow joints and masking taped up to stop the leaks, so she wouldn't uh, she wouldn't handle it. Yeah, no, probably not. She might overheat a bit quickly. <laughs> she might last a day. It's a different world out there. Like, I know a few boys, like, they were booked in to have combine driving jobs out there, but then the drought hit, so the farmer rang them and said, look, I've had to turn all my stock into the wheat because... Yeah, yeah no grass. And, like, it's some of the paddocks we combined were barely worth combining. Like, your fuel cost wouldn't... Yeah. But, Jake, yeah. imagine that, Jake, the grass being so bare in cum, you have to turn all the cattle into your fucking spring barley. I'd cry. <laughs> it's bad enough my grandfather leaves a gate open, let alone anything else, you know? <laughs> oh, the joys of a family farm. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it was ace on then. So yeah, I did a bit of combining there, and then I came home April 2019, so I've been home two years nearly. So... Yeah. Have you been home on the family farm for that full two years, Anne Yeah. Yeah, for the full two years. So um yeah, annoying. So it's me, my dad and my uncle. So for all their sins, I've been pestering them yeah. for two years and hopefully for a lot longer. <laughs> what would you what would you say is your role on the farm? Um, so it's pretty even to be fair. Um it's not like one of us does the cattle, one of us does the sheep, and one of us does the arable. It's it's pretty spread out all through the year. Um, there are certain jobs that are one person's job, like Uncle Tom does all the spraying, and that is absolutely fine by me. The combine is his domain here. I don't get a look in. I definitely get the most say over the sheep, but I think that's a, like mentally for them, that's probably a lot easier because obviously a, like a breeding ewe is worth a lot less than a cow. And yeah, it's just, I just get a bit more say on that. So I've had a, a bit more room to play about with that and, and change things. But yeah, it's, there's not really, I don't really have one specific role. Um, oh, I, I do. Um, we sell meat boxes directly from the farm, and that's kind of my, yeah, my thing. So we do half lamb, half and whole lambs, and then we started doing beef boxes last November. So that's my domain. Uh, how do you, have you found a big uptake in that over lockdown? 
you know people... uh, really good yeah the lambs lambs i've been doing since just after i came home so it's nearly two years i've been doing the lambs and then we kind of spoke about doing beef boxes for a while and then it was like right we just need to get onto it because the lambs were going so well it was like well the demand for beef and i i just did like a bit of local market research i basically asked on the local facebook group would anyone be interested um and yeah we booked two beasts in at the local abattoir got a local lad to butcher them for us and so he's got a butcher shop he's a professional butcher he's not just you know back street rogue um yeah and we pre-sold all the boxes as well we kind of like worked out what we could how much we could guarantee and pre-sold that um we're banking hoping to sell one cow and we sold two so we sent two heifers in and yeah did two heifers worth of beef boxes and then I've just done another two the past two weekends and I've got another one at the start of April. So yeah, it flies out. Absolutely flies out. People love it. That's good to know. Would you be in a particularly um, rural area or would you have, because you wouldn't be that far from uh, major cities like Birmingham, Coventry? No. So Birmingham's like seven miles one way and Coventry's seven miles the other. Bang slap in between the two cities. So Fair play, mine. Considering how close you live to Birmingham, you don't sound like a piggy. Oh, thank God. I was well (laughs) brought up. (laughs) Well brought up, yeah. Jeez, it's the worst accent ever. I'd go as far as to say it's worse than Wales. I, I, it sounds all right when the Shelbys are talking, but as soon as Adrian Childs comes on Channel Five on um, Five Live, that radio gets switched off. Yeah, yeah. My name's Charlie, and I'm from Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> awful, it's absolutely awful. Yeah. Luckily, Mum and Dad sent me to a good school, and I didn't get a Birmingham or a Coventry accent. So, yeah, I was all right there. Escape that one because. Jesus. You mentioned earlier about um, FaceTime a Farmer, which I think is a great initiative, uh, by the way. But also following you on Instagram, when anyone who does can clearly see how well you educate non-farming folk. Um, I just wondering, is that something you're passionate in? Is that something you um, hope to do more of in the future? Or yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I just really enjoy it. Like I, I love it. Like you know, I try and I try and be as open and transparent on Instagram as I can be. And I think that's really important, not just for non-farmers. I think it's really important for farmers as well, because I'd never want anyone to go onto my social media page and look at what I'm doing and think, heck, she's nailing everything and everything goes well for her. And then think, am I the only person that doesn't get it right all the time? Because I never want anyone to go on there and think that because it's not true. Like, you know, I want to put on the bad days and I want to put on you know, when we lose a calf or a lamb or probably one that we shouldn't have. And um, when something goes wrong, like I, I want to talk about those, even though they're not the easiest to talk about. And a lot of the time I sit there and I think, I really don't want to put this on. Like, I just don't want to think about it. When I, I started following you, one of the first stories I saw from you, and you just had two dead lambs. And I was like, oh, bloody hell, you know, like uh, buckling, this is going to be all, uh, you know, warts and all. That's, that's really good, though, because you're showing the real side of farming. And I think sometimes with Instagram, it can, some people can paint it to be too fluffy. Well, that's not the real world. We should be showcasing the real world, not what it's like in fairy tale land, where every single lamb is born, you know, set of twins, all lovely and fluffy and cute, and the mummy, perfect birth. And it's not the real world, is it, you know? Yeah, and I don't ever want someone to come on and yeah, I think that nothing goes wrong for us because it's it's just not true. Like it, it, things do go wrong and and we don't get it right all the time. In fact, we don't get it right a lot of the time and we're still learning about things. Even 
I'm obviously learning every day. Like dad's 52. He's learning every day. And Tom, my uncle is nearly 64 and he's still learning every day. You know, we don't always get things right. We don't make the right calls all the time. And I think it's really important to let not just non-farmers know and not just show them the, the, the truth about the industry and, and why we do what we do. I think it's really important for any other farmers that are coming onto my page and are looking to be reassured that they're that we, that we all get it wrong sometimes and that it all doesn't go right because if you like social media definitely has its flaws and that you go on there and it just seems like everybody is doing so well and if you're at a point where you feel that you know you're struggling with something or something's not going quite right the last thing you need is for everything to be going right for everybody else it's quite I think it's quite reassuring sometimes for to see that other people have worries and struggles and that so that's that's really good to hear because I think, like you said, then you're doing it for other farmers as well, not just the general public. Because naturally, as farmers, I don't think there's many industries as competitive as farming. Everyone constantly wants to have one up on their neighbour, one up with such and such from down the road. And no one likes to share their story. If something's going wrong at home and you mention it to someone else, you're and they'd be like, well, I've never had that. And straight away, you're on your defensive then, aren't you? You're like, oh, no, no, we yeah. haven't. I was just wondering if you it's ever happened to you. I've heard such and such has done that or made that mistake. And it can, I think we learn more by learning off mistakes and speaking about different instances with one another, not constantly, oh, well, this is amazing. And by doing this, I've managed to get my cost of production down to X amount. Well, of my lambing percentage up from 170, now I'm scanned 195% just by doing X, Y, and Z. Well, sometimes it might be better to say, well, Oh, bloody hell, I usually scan 180%. I only scanned 150% this year, but I think it's because I've done this. Yeah. People will tell you if they've done something wrong. That's, they only want to tell you what they've done well and why something's worked. They'll never tell you why something hasn't worked. Yeah, and you can learn just as well from what not to do as you can from what to do. And then suddenly someone else will go, oh, I had that problem as well. Or if you've got something and something's happened and you haven't quite figured it out, someone will go, well, I had that problem and this is what the answer was and this is why it happened and then it leads to really good discussions and I think we all just learn more that way like you know if you if you social media has a really bad rep as well for being a platform for trolls and bullies well it's not all that way you know there's obviously there's some out there but there's there's also if you find the right place it's it's quite a good community like I you know I've I've made some really good friends via Instagram and that you know that sounds really sad or it did would have done five years ago but now you know if something happens I can just drop one of them a message and just be like, oh, can I pick your brains on this? And we'll have a discussion about it. And it's it's really good, like, especially this year, it's been so good mental health-wise for me. Like, yeah, chatting about things through with other people other than just Dad and Uncle Tom. Can I just ask something, Charlie? You do a fair bit on social media. Do you find that Instagram is possibly the nicest platform for farmers? Because I personally find, like, Facebook is full of argumentative yet uneducated idiots trying to give you advice or slate everything. And I find Twitter is just full of toxic arseholes that are educated, but they're just so nasty. Yeah, Twitter is 100% toxic. Like, I went on there yesterday morning, by I went to reply to a message I had on there, and I I went on and I was like, oh my God, and this is why I don't go on here. Like, it's, it's awful on Twitter. I hate it. Like Facebook can be, Facebook can be pretty horrid too, but it's not so bad. But yeah, Instagram's definitely the best. And the only thing I can put it down to is that it's the average age on Instagram is a lot younger than that than on Facebook and Twitter. 
older the older generation on 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 twitter and facebook can be so harsh and critical like you look on the british farming forum for god's sake and you get a young lad on there and ask a genuine question and all they get is criticism on there and you're like that is not helpful to anybody if you haven't got anything nice to say shut the fuck up you probably on this charlie the sheep farmers page oh sheep farmers uk fuck they are but not the people giving advice or not giving advice, slating people who've asked the question, they're fucking idiots themselves. I I always look at Facebook, you know, British Farming Forum, Sheep Farmers UK. To me personally, I just think it's full of uneducated idiots abusing other people, but yeah, uh, I can laugh at them, but whereas Twitter, I find them a little bit more educated and a little bit more of what they say is a little Sharp bit more... as well. I, I, I barely used... I barely use Twitter. I've got a Twitter account, but I just lurk on there. I'm the but. same. The only I problem think- with Instagram is like I leave mine on private because I've been on a piss sometimes. Like, and I put a. I think my Instagram's my Snapchat, and I, I put stuff up that really shouldn't go up. So- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had that opportunity yet to put anything on there drunk that I shouldn't. Is dangerous then. And like, I, I need to switch my 4G off. I remember when Instagram stories first were like, that's since then I put it on private because I thought it was Snapchat. Because on Snapchat, it's relentless. And like, some of the stuff you put on Snapchat, like, it's supposed to be meant for your good friends. And well, I put stuff on Instagram. It was one of the boys having a pee at the end of the night, like, and I thought it was hilarious going like, I zooming in and stuff. I woke up <laughs> and it was on Instagram. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> But no, going back to what you were saying about, um, you know, uh, showing agriculture warts and all this, and especially to the public, because at the end of the day, it's the public that dictate the value of our products. So if the yeah. public have a perception that it's a piece of piss, this job, don't expect them to give you any sort of leeway to improve your farm gate prices. Whereas if they can see a sweat and toil and a struggling and all the rest of it, you know, public perception is going to improve. And their willingness to spend a couple of pennies more will improve. Yeah. So we um we have a farm Facebook page for the meat boxes. Um, that's the only kind of form of like promotion I use is is a marketing is just the Facebook page. That has had such a good reaction. Like like I've pushed it for the past well since I've been doing the lamb boxes, but recently with lambing and whatnot and lockdown again, we've pushed it again. So we do like a load of lambing lives. We've done. Um, kind of like a, a lockdown learning scenario on every other Thursday morning we do that for um, aim, aimed at children but we get all ages on and that's gone really really well and I think people really people want the story so not only do they know know where their food's coming from they know how it's how it's produced how it's cared for because um, we, we show all of that and kind of push the environmental side of it but they also they like the story behind it, you know. They like they like knowing that from start to finish kind of thing, and I think that really sells for us as well. But yeah, we we did um we did a lambing live, and um my uncle Uncle Tom he doesn't like being on the Facebook. Like when we've done all the other videos, he's like, no, you and Dad do it. I'm not doing it. It's like, like fair enough, but at the same time, it really frustrates me because then people just think it's just me and Dad, and it's not. It's three of us. They don't see Tom, so. We were lambing a you the other day and I was like, oh, if I just put Facebook live on, like he can't say anything, like it's on. He can't do anything live on Facebook. Um, so I put it on and the you had two dead lambs. Mm-hmm. And it was like Tom, but Tom couldn't get it. Like his, she was real tight and it was kind of, 
she was real narrow and you know when it like bruises the back of your hand and he couldn't get the head forward so I popped my hand in and it was it was really tight for me let alone his big clumpy hands but um yeah I pulled it out and I was like oh we've you know we've got a dead lamb and as we as I pulled it out and I said oh unfortunately this one's dead you know it happens and we've just got to get on with it dad well, dad didn't realize we we're on facebook live and he walks in the shed and he goes you killing lambs again i was like for god's sake adam <laughs> seriously adam would you go and grab me a, a spare triplet please <laughs> so and then so we get a spare triplet put that on her and then pull the second one out and i was like oh and another one so yeah but it was it was a really good opportunity for us to say look you know it's not all sunshine and roses we get dead lambs it happens it happens quite a lot um especially over lambing time so this is what we do this is how we combat it you know she's had two dead lambs that's really sad they were dead before they were born there's nothing we could do about it but it's given us the opportunity to adopt on two triplets and those triplets now will have a much better chance at life their their survival rate will skyrocket compared to what it was as a triplet so this is the positive of it this is why we do it and you know kind of shows we care as well so yeah yeah it's quite hard with Instagram especially though it's quite hard to reach the right audience like mm. it's I, it's very easy for me to reach people that want to see what I'm doing like yeah. you guys and other farmers and country people it's really hard to to reach those city people like that's and they're the ones that kind of really need to see it or I really need to be targeting but yeah with Instagram it's really quite hard to reach them but it's just a slow growth thing like the rate I've seen other other farming social media profiles grow over the past year has just been amazing like it's so encouraging to watch so yeah i do think there needs to be a little bit of social media training or awareness yeah. of how to promote the industry because a lot of harm could be done as well yeah definitely definitely and it goes like that's the same with anything like so one of my kind of bugbears is um the perception of halal slaughter so um you go on Twitter and you mention halal and all these farmers zoom down on you and be like, halal slaughter should be banned. It's, you know, it's, it's cruel. It's, it doesn't practice good animal welfare. And you're like, it's, everyone just thinks it's non-stunt and it's not. I remember one time it got brought up in a Facebook group I'm in and one woman replied to a comment. Cause I, I explained, I said, Oh, you know, the, the only difference in lambs, the, in sheep, the only difference between conventional slaughter and halal slaughter is a prayer said over the over the lamb as it's slaughtered you know it's it's still stunned and this woman turned around and she said I don't want that dirty prayer being said over my food and I was like oh my god like oh, oh I was just speechless oh I, that's you've hit the nail on the head that's one of my big 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 bugbears Charlie just about every single lamb we have sent off the farm all go to Dumbia huge processing plant every single lamb is yeah. halal but they're all killed. They're all killed facing Mecca. There is an official Rama or whatever they, I can't remember what their equivalent of priest is, is there overseeing the death of these animals, you know, the slaughter of these animals. You've seen farmers and young farmers that night when you go down the pub who've literally just dropped the box load of lambs off in Dumbia and are going on about how much they hate halal. Oh, you well, they've just dropped their coal use off at the market, have absolutely no idea where they're going to, and they're probably going to the middle of the city that's not a stunned slaughter, and they're going on about halal. And you're like, seriously? You know, yeah. if you're that concerned about it, send send your use, your coal use, to a, a, a stunning abattoir 
you, you'll probably only get 20 quid for them, but oh no, 20 quid versus 100 quid. Yeah, now I see where the problem is. All the major abattoirs are halal. <laughs> yeah, our local is. They do my lamb boxes as well, so all my lamb boxes are halal. But, no, but like Tesco, Sainsbury's, Asda, etc. all the lamb you buy will be halal. Well, yeah. I remember, this is how funny this is, I remember going on, um, this must have been AGM, I think it was. It was either AGM or Southwest area when I was in Gloucester, YFC. We were pissed, like, we decided to go into an India, um, I don't know if it was Indian, because I think it was like, an Indian, we went for a curry, but I think it was like a Bangladeshi restaurant or something. Went in there and one, it said halal, whatever, on the door. One of the boys walked out, oh, I'm not eating any of this halal shit. And I was thinking, oh my God, you, you, you blam like eight, nine hundred years. And you don't know. They're just deluded. It's mad. But then, but then with some, you get, you get that. And then the lack of understanding is pretty much racism. Like the, the comments that come through it and like, it just comes to that and it just astounds me how we're in 2021 and agriculture still has so much of a problem with difference. Like oh. it just has an ad- adversity to anybody that's not uniform. Yeah. Like yeah. It, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I could go on about halal all night. Like stop me. <laughs> but it, again, though, it just, that comes down to like what, one of the first things you said when you came on this podcast for a chat with us, Charlie, was education. It's not yeah. always the general public that need to be educated. Most of the time it's farmers. Yeah, so that's one of the biggest things like we're doing we're doing social media when i post something on social media i worry more about what other farmers will say and think than i worry about the general public like i worry more about what my peers will say and my peers will think than what the general public will say and think but it's sad though as farmers we you know we've got enough enemies without falling out with each other haven't we or without criticizing one another spend a lot of time in Australia, Charlie, and you spend a fair bit of time in New Zealand as well. That's probably the big difference between us as a farming community and them as a farming community. That a lot of the time over there, especially in New Zealand anyway, everything is run as a cooperative amongst several different farms. And they're all a joint venture and they all want every other farm to work well because it benefits them. They're in a lot better position with their consumers as well, though, because there's a lot, the gap between consumer and producer, so consumer and farmer, is yeah. a lot, lot smaller there, whereas here it's... That country's got 3 million people, so it's very likely that you are associated with a farm or a farmer. This yeah. country, 75 million, is very unlikely. And again, <laughs> Jake talking about how um, this industry is useless in terms of working together, and then complain about how our unions have no power. Well, of course they don't. Whereas, like, my, my mother's a teacher, and if there's even a mention of bad press of teachers. The unions have so much power that it's just completely obliterated. Same as the nurses now, they've uh, mentioned the 1% pay rise. The nursing unions are so strong that the government will have to act on this now because they will physically, their voting register will drop off the side of a cliff. Then farming unions have no power because what can they do when they govern over a bunch of rabbling farmers who can't, you know, agree with each other, would never actually act on anything you said, and they're just in it for themselves. And they and they sit there as well. And again, back to social media, you sit there and you listen to all these people slagging off, all these farmers slagging off the NFU, and it's like, well, are you an NFU member? Oh no. Well, how do you how do you expect them to support you? You know, they're a body run by members. You know, if you're not going to pay the membership fee. How are they going to help? Or do you, if you don't go to meetings, how are they going to know what your problem is? I'm a big believer in that if, if you don't like something, then get involved to change it. NFU is a classic example. If you don't like it, then go to your county meeting, make sure your voice is heard. That's the only way it's going to make a difference. Abusing someone in the comment section on Facebook is never going to, no one's going to take any notice of you. 
yeah it's never going to win you any popularity points either oh exactly and get get involved in these committees and you know everything else because at the end of the day it's, it's, it's our future really that the older generation are deciding on so go to meetings yeah definitely we've got a lot lot more years left than than others no, you say, you say that though. I made my mesh me the other day and said, "You realize we've only got fifty more harvests." I was like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god!" You know, how to ruin a girl's night, don't you? <laughs> you, 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 say that. <laughs> you, you met you met me before then. Um, yeah. <laughs> Can I go for a wee? Can you edit that out? Yeah. yeah Thanks. What we'll do now is we'll just add sound effects of like <laughs> bits trying to into this. <laughs> You get a waterfall going, though. <laughs> fucking oh, hell. Fuck like Niagara Falls. Fucking hell. Oh, my God. Put it away. Put it away. I mean, uh, <laughs> I didn't put Falls Castle to shame. <laughs> you your mic's not great, mate. Is it not great? No. No, you... Is it no, I don't, I don't think it's... You uh, you go loud and quiet, and then loud. blow in your mic. See, make sure there's no dust in it. Well. <laughs> Is that my mic? <laughs> Don't do that. Do you know what it looks like? It looks like you're like giving me belly button, <laughs> blowing my belly. <laughs> Who's your good boy? <laughs> Fuck what I just come back into. I, I, I said to Jake, I said, Jake, your mic's not very good. So when he does this, doesn't it look like he's blowing on your belly button? Go on, Jake. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your good boy? <laughs> wow. I said you listened to you've done a lot of podcasts already. Is this very similar to the other podcasts? No, nothing fucking like. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, where are we going wrong? No, it's better. No, it's good. Now I'll soundbite you saying this is much better, and we'll tag all the other podcasts you've been in. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one's this one's uh, a bit more like of a laugh. The other one, the other one's been good, but they're just a bit more serious. Keep digging, BD. Keep digging. <laughs> you know they were good, but um, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but they weren't you guys. <laughs> <laughs> they were good, but um, uh, I wouldn't do them again. We weren't even talking about podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually just had a text off Will because I texted him saying, what stick have you got on dye that I can use? So I've now got a little bit of ammunition. You know how? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she the one with the... Yeah. Oh, I met her with you as well, Dai. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, go on. You weren't, you weren't in the toilets of Aussies as well, were you, Jacob? <laughs> I was what, sorry? I said you weren't in the toilets of Aussies as well, were you? No, I wasn't. Where's this going? Come on. Well, if you don't already know, then there's not much point in me carrying on because it might be a myth then. Uh, Aussie toilets. Yeah, apparently. I've just got my first reply off Will just says fingered in Aussie's woman toilets. (laughs) (laughs) That's not getting edited out. It better be. Um, and then the second one, he had a car called the Green Bean. He crashed as well, so that wasn't so good. Yeah, that's true, though. That's true, though. <laughs> that's just not so exciting. Yeah, I preferred the fingering story as well. <laughs> In Aussies as well. True Harper.
I, I've got uh, two little questions uh, proposed from my group chat while we've been talking, Beatty. Um, the first one, uh, yeah. <laughs> a wild accusation that your nickname used to be Charlie Beat Me Off. No, see, that's not fair because the <laughs> only person that ever called me that is Willie D. <laughs> yeah, and, and to be honest, I'm amazed you didn't bring this up earlier, but the only person that's ever caught me that, it caught on as well as your arable song. So. <laughs> I've, just, I've, just, I've just replied, Christ, Willie, she's fuming. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fuming. Tell, tell him I've just logged off. I'm not doing anymore. Why? Uh, why Charlie beat me off? I think because I think because it's the most imaginative thing you could come up with out of beating. <laughs> but that was that's there is there literally isn't a good story to that one. It's like some nicknames are like they're self-explanatory and they, you know, like that Dai's nickname by Dai, like it just explains itself. Who doesn't yeah, really absolutely. know why he's called by Dai, like, but Charlie beat me off. I don't get it. No, well, I've never beat Will off, so you know, I can confirm that one. <laughs> wow. But no, but no, I'm sorry, Charlie, we're making you terribly uncomfortable, which is generally what we do with our guests. Charlie, but if you want to talk about <laughs> just talk. <laughs> <laughs> I think I love her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charlie, now, now is your chance. You message and find out if there's any nicknames for Die or any story. <laughs> Fortunately for Die, I don't know her that well. Whatever you do, don't mention me because I don't think she likes me, does she, Die? No, so, she, does, she doesn't like. Uh, I remember. Um, I didn't realize she was. And I was very, very intoxicated one time at AGM and I kept calling her the wrong name, Dai's previous girlfriend. And she wasn't impressed with that when she died. <laughs> I can't see why not. Tell me, tell me, Charlie, what's, uh, what's the future for you? Uh, literally, you say that every fucking time, like, and it's the, it must be the worst question to answer. Dai, if someone said to you, Dolan, Dai, what is the future for you? It's, it's just such a... I, I don't know. I, Where I, do you see yourself in five years' time? In five years' time, I'll be 30 fucking hell. I'm still a virgin. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a filthy laugh. I've never got as far as fingering someone in Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> BT, that is a filthy laugh. <laughs> I kept thinking that about yours. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. Listen to it. Like creepy cackle. I was like, oh my God, that would get irritating. <laughs> uh, we, we do get a lot of messages and a lot of people saying, uh, can you sit this one out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's very distinctive. Right, well, have you got a question then, Jacob? Yeah, I have actually. Go on, Charlie. What's your plans for the future? <laughs> <laughs> on for the morning then. Dad's just sent a text, so we're feeding at seven. Yep. Um, and then I don't really have any other plans other than that because I just take it as it comes, you know, just like to freestyle a bit. Don't like to tie myself to anything too much. Seven o'clock in the morning? Yeah, seven we're feeding. It's a lion at the moment. Luxury. Bloody hell. Die. Have you ever seen seven o'clock in the morning? This is such <laughs> bullshit. I I'm a dairy farmer, Die. I literally get up at <laughs> silly o'clock and then I ring Jake like four hours later and he's still yawning. Jesus. Right, you know that's not true, mate. You were the only dairy <laughs> farmer I know that doesn't mi- do the morning milkings. Literally, oh. his father milks in the morning, die milks in the afternoon if he feels like it. That is literally the way it works in neither Thomas. Ah, keep t- t- talking, Jake. You know it's all getting cut out. <laughs> <laughs>
I could not be a dairy farmer. So, if, uh, if we had dairy farmers here, I wouldn't be farming, I don't think. No. No. A lot of money in it, man. A lot of money, no love, but yeah, yeah, no thanks. Are you ready? Die in your own time, mate. Eh? Just be rude texting your mates. Look how rude he is. <laughs> Charlie, uh, can we pick this up again in like 10 minutes? Or did you sip, 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 Are you ready for... Probably not. Go for it. Can't talk goes out. Pretty intense. Yeah, I'm sinking myself. Up. I've been psyching myself up for it all day. It's like it's like panorama. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, when Jeremy Paxman's grilling people on Newsnight, and you know they're on their back foot and they don't quite know how to uh, wiggle their way out of it. No, because I watch more interesting TV than that. But yeah, go on. Yeah, it's like Good Morning Britain when Piers Morgan's arguing with the weatherman, <laughs> and the weatherman's winning, and the weatherman's winning. I am the Happy. weatherman and Di Reese is Piers Morgan. <laughs> Go for it, can't wait. So it won't be long before he's off. No, yeah. it won't be at all. <laughs> Question number one. What's the most used word or sentence on the farm? Um, either dull or dickhead. Because always talking to livestock. And they'll, if they could, they'll, they'll be dull. Like as in darling, dull. Oh, yeah. Um, and if dickhead. They, they, they just tend to be the two I use, so yeah, Dahl or Dickhead. Like, come yeah, on, Dahl. Every, everyone has a name, don't they, for their yeah. livestock their livestock's playing app. But if, if they're behaving, it's, oh, come on, a lovely girl for me, or, oh, you fucking slag. That's if they're pissing me off. Yeah, mine's always Dickhead. It's like, oh, you yeah. Dickhead. <laughs> yeah. um, question two, Charlie. What is your favourite all-time Cablan classic? Um... Oh. I think it's got to be Africa by Toto. Oh, oh I like that. Every time it's like, oh, banger. Go on, sing it's along. Like, um, on in Africa. Can we cut that bit? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so so why, why is that your favourite song then, Charlie? I don't know, it just, it just feels good, isn't it? it? It was, yeah, it was a close call between that and Meatloaf, Paradise by the Bad Dashboard Light, because I know that word for word, but yeah. I prefer your choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meatloaf is a fucking banger. But yeah, Toto Africa is ah, it's just whenever you hear it, everything just gets better and it's like dum 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 Men at Work Down Under, that's another good one. Uh Charlie, I don't know if you understand the phrase quick fire. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'll give you three multiple choice answers and go on for about half an hour about what they mean to me. <laughs> Question number three. Yeah, these these cattle, Charlie, they're in the bull rim. In the no, bull... no, they're not. They're simmentels, so they're still in the pen. 
Oh, <laughs> oh Petey, these, these, you've taken so long. These cattle have taken themselves up to the slaughterhouse. They've boxed themselves and they are shipped <laughs> themselves into oh, Birmingham. Kalal, <laughs> yes. Question number three. Four legs or four wheels? Oh, uh, four legs, I think. Yeah, four legs. Hard one. Depends on the day of the week. Four legs. Mm, Joy's a mixed farm and you get to do everything, don't you, Charlie? Yeah, and no two days are the same. Yeah. Um, question four. Yes. Or bales? Bales. Ho, 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 I've clawed one back, guys. Bales, any day. Yeah. What is your favourite AGM slogan? Oh, shit. I meant to think about this one. Um, if you can't stand up and be counted, lie down and be mounted. Nice. <laughs> nice. You getting that printed, ready for June? Already got one. Alright. <laughs> yeah, that definitely. Very classy. Yeah. Oh. I always like the clever ones as well. Like we had one in 2013 and it was when the horse meat scandal was going on with Tesco. Yeah. And our Warwick one was um, people say you should watch what you eat, so I bought tickets to the Grand National. And like I don't think the ones with all the swear words and that are the funniest. I always yeah. like the really clever ones. I think they're the yeah. good ones. I'll I'll be honest, PD. Um about a month ago now, it was announced that MVZs would be um, rolled out throughout all of Wales. And whereas every other farmer was thinking long and hard about how it will affect them and how they can adapt to it, I was thinking, what could NVZ stand for that would look good on an AGM t-shirt? <laughs> I was like, no virgin zone, no, um, uh, never, <laughs> be, uh, no, what the... Oh, 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 here we go, here we go, here we go. It's the Boris, Boris Bell. What are we going to do, Jake, when uh, all this lockdown's lifted? When, when, what happens then? I'm not sure. I, I guess it's, it's going to stay, is it? You know, it's become iconic now, isn't it? The the pub yields Boris Bell. It's, it's, it's up there with like Coca-Cola as like uh, a trademark, as like a brand that everyone knows. So yeah, let's keep it there. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen for that. The pub yields Boris Bell. I love it. I love it. You might want to get a pint ready. Right. Okay. So I've, I've got, yeah, I've got two bottles of bird, which I've got a pint glass as well. Or I could do it Arthur style and do a quad gin and tonic. Oh. I'd say, BD, stick with the bud. Yeah. It's going to make you burp. But the one thing with the bud, on the leaderboard, people have gone for bud. They've had quite a lot of success, haven't they, Di? Are you ready, BD? Hang on, let me actually time you this time, BD, because a poor gentleman came on you the other night and we forgot to time him. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't be very... I'd have to run out and go get some more bud if you did that. Yeah, we're so we're so professional on you. Professional podcast. We forgot the timing. <laughs> right, die. Get off your phone and stop WhatsApping your mates. You've got plenty of time. We've got a lovely guest on you this evening. Show them the respect they deserve. Right. Hold <laughs> her in, die. Look at that. What an experienced pro. Straight into her left hand. No messing. Three, <laughs> two... One, go. Oh, quite quick. It was very little left. We'll give you eleven. We'll give you eleven and a half seconds, right? Oh, I could have done that so much better if I'd done a gin and tonic. 
<laughs> You'll have to come on and beat yourself. It was worth it just for the burp up through. <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? Fair, you did warm us, so it was going to be a big burp. <laughs> I am um, before as well. I was like, oh, I've had to have a good dinner because you know, line the stomach, and I had too much, and I was like, oh, I'm so full. Hey, baby, strong, strong pint, strong interview, strong lass, Jake. Oh, mate, very enjoyable. You know, it's, it's very disappointed she doesn't actually sound like a Peaky Blinder brother than that. Everything else has been brilliant. Yeah, go on, g- g- give us your brummy again. My name's Charlie and I'm from Birmingham. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's about as good as party trick as I can do, so. I used to be able to do um, Arthur. Arthur. By order of the picky fucking blinders. But no, it's not great. That's actually not bad. That's pretty good, man. <laughs> you actually you good are at- wasted as a dairy farmer. I know, I know. I'll, uh, I'll have to go back and watch them all again now. To be fair, you can't really call him wasted as a dairy farmer. If he actually milked the cows, he could call himself a dairy farmer. So, uh, Do you want me to hang up so you two can just uh, have another little apple <laughs> with him on me? War a prick, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, I've enjoyed oh, this. Hung up, sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> I've, I've enjoyed this. Jake's enjoyed this. BD, yeah, she's tolerated it. I hope everyone at home has enjoyed it too. Remember to follow us on Instagram. It's at Pabeals Pod. And there you can follow Miss BD. She is at Globe Trotting Farm Girl. You can still use the promo code PUB15 at Sugarloaf Clothing. Get on there for all... Well, it's perfect time now, Jake. Pre-harvest. Yeah, it still feels like yeah, we should be skiing right now outside, wearing a bobble hat, not bloody wearing shorts. But yeah, anyway, we've got to do our bit for our sponsors. Buy Sugarloaf Clothing shorts because they're fantastic. You say, you say that. I, there is a cold nip in the air, but the weather forecast is looking great. Drought 2K21 is on, mate. You know what they say, though, don't you, die? Very old saying. A wet May means a full bay. So those silage pits are going to be looking full come September. What do you reckon? Dude, you are so wise. I am wise. I am a wise old owl. <laughs> and remember to like, subscribe, leave a review. Uh, keep messaging us. It, it's all good fun. And, yeah. Cheers, Jake. Thank you very much. Cheers, BB. Thank you, Dave. Thanks yeah, for having me. We'll uh, see you all soon. Bye, 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 bye. I wanna wake up.